Porch, how we doing? Come on. Hey, if you're joining us from somewhere uh, else in the country, uh, we are so glad that you are. Dallas, I love you. So excited to be with you this evening. That bumper you just heard and watched means that we are back in this series, or still in this series, asking for a friend. And the question tonight is, what does it mean to be a strong woman in the church? Come on. Okay, so, yeah, so some guys just thought, okay, well, I see your face. You're like, why did I show up? Okay, and here's why you showed up. God in his providence and his sovereignty has you here because, guys, we have some work to do. Uh, to, <laughs> mm. uh, and let me, let me tell you how I found that out. And so we do this podcast calls, called Views from the Porch. Uh, if you, yeah. Check it out. David's very excited about it. Uh, David, you're a little red in the face during announced for sunburn. I know he was sunburned, if you were wondering. Uh, yes. And so uh, views from the porch. Everybody listening is like, who? Yeah. Anyway, views from the porch. And so, you know, we talked about biblical womanhood a couple weeks ago, and we re-recorded that a little while back, and that went live. And, uh, and I know that a lot of you haven't heard that. And so uh, about 11 o'clock the other night, I guess Monday night, I was going to bed and I got an email from a friend that I really trust. And she just said, hey, JP, I think you missed an opportunity to encourage women. And, and he goes, she said so much so that I would consider pulling the podcast down. And I, and I prayed about that. And I thought, okay, I really trust this friend of mine. And then I got an email from another trusted friend that said something really similar. And I didn't have time. It was 1130 now, okay, at night. My, my, that's, that's past my bedtime. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to go back and listen to that this evening. But Lord, I'm just going to trust that you sent some servants uh, to care and, and ask that that be taken down that evening. And I went back and I listened to it. And if I'm completely transparent with you, there was just some like, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a conversation. And so there's always things like, I really wish I would have said that better. I wish I'd have been tighter. Um, I, I wish that would have been clearer, you know, where I'm a, I'm a verbal processor, so I'm kind of all over the map. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, you know what? That could have been better. But also there was some confusion in my heart. And so when I have hurt friends and I don't fully understand why, I assume that I have something to learn, Okay. And when I've hurt someone, someone is hurt by me or, or they're hurt and I can't, and I'm listening to them and I don't fully understand why. I assume that there's some work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in my heart and mind to listen and to learn from friends. And what I've learned through this process is that there are a lot of women who are hurt just by what's going on right now. And that really grieved me. When I say what's going on right now, I, mean, I just mean in our culture, like maybe you feel oppressed or, or lesser than in any way. And I hate that because I don't see that in God's word. And, and if I'm reading that or if I've ever communicated anything that could be interpreted that, then I've missed the mark by such an incredible chasm. And so as we talk about what does it mean to be a strong woman in the church, I thought that I, I don't know if you guys know this, okay, but let me just be transparent about something. I'm not a woman, okay? <laughs> and so even furthermore, to put a puncture, an, an exclamation point on the idea that I have a lot to learn on this topic, 
but I thought that I would invite one of the strongest women in the church I know. Would you please welcome to the stage my friend Jenny Allen. Jenny Allen is with us this evening. Friend, I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for joining us. And, and so you, you're welcome to go there. You had a microphone. And so you've been someone that has sharpened me. I mean, you even in, in talking to me, just, uh, you know, where I've missed it and helped me see and, and some of those conversations. So I, I'm really, uh, I just appreciate, I want to thank you and your husband, Zach, uh, for you guys stewarding your time in this way. I'm excited to learn uh, from you. My heart is to listen as well. Uh, this evening and, and just and thank you for being with us. And so if you don't know, uh, Jenny leads one of the strongest uh, movement of discipling women right now in our day called If Gathering. And could you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Are there any If girls out here? Okay. A few of you. A lot of you may not have heard of it. So it's, it's beautiful movement of God where women all across the world said, hey, I want to lead in my local church, in my community. Um, for the good of people and for the glory of God. And so it's a discipleship movement. We provide tools for women all over the world. We reach 120-something countries. We reach, reach over a million um, women every year when we live stream. And what we're trying to do is truly raise the value of discipleship. We believe that's how Jesus changed the world. And life on life, face-to-face, over coffee, this is how the world still can change. And so we put tools in the hands of women in their local churches to make disciples and to reclaim that value of discipleship. Let's just a, a little bit more uh, about who you are. And so you live here in Dallas, you and your family just recently moved here. And so I think we have a, a picture of your yeah. family. If we can yeah. put that up there, there's your crew. Team Allen right there. Yeah. So yeah, my kids are growing up. It's, it's amazing. Some of them actually, one of them just started at SMU. And so he's a freshman. So I don't know if College kids are allowed to show up at the porch, but he might make a showing. Um, and then our youngest, we have 18 down to 10. And our youngest, Cooper, um, obviously I did not bring him into the world. Um, he is adopted from Rwanda. And our, our house is awesome. And I love this conversation because I'm raising two men yeah. and I'm raising two women. And so we talk a lot about these issues at our house too. Um, so I know, you know, and I was thinking, JP, so when the podcast aired, I'm going to give you some credit because he actually asked me before the podcast was taken down and that was a little bit of a mess. He asked me weeks before that. And, and so he had a heart for this to happen and, and for us to have this discussion. And, and what I know to be true is that, you know, the reason that I don't say yes to things like this because I have a really clear mission. It is to teach this book to preach the gospel. I actually believe life is really short and we're all gonna be in heaven really soon. And some of you are so young, you don't think that way yet, but you will because you'll watch your children grow up before your eyes and they'll be your age in a minute. And so I, I feel like life goes really fast. And so when I'm, you know, I just stick to this. I stick to the book and I stick to Jesus and I want people to be saved and that's how I spend my life. And when JP asked me before I even knew about the podcast, I was like, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is a little bit loaded. This is a little bit loaded because I, I think um, we could get derailed here from just preaching the word and, and if we get too caught up on our differences. But this is what I thought about when I decided if I was going to do it or not. The first thing I thought about was all the women I meet as I travel and speak all over the world. And so many of those women are in some way holding back with their gifts 
for the glory of God. In some way, they have set on something. They are, they are not leading like they could. They don't wanna to appear too strong. They don't wanna to appear too prideful. And you'll hear in a minute, that's some of my story. But in some way, they're holding back. And I'm thinking to myself, holy crud, that's half the church. Like More. this should bother us, more than half the church. If half the church is sitting on their gifts, so I just want you to raise your hand if you're a female and in any way you have held back on your gifts or passions or personality or felt like I'm too much, any women in the room. Yeah, it's a lot of hands. So, so that's half the church that's holding back. And I'm not talking about with opinions or ideas or on Twitter. I'm talking about in your heart for the glory of God, for the gospel to go forward, for the kingdom to be built. You're holding back in some way. And then we have another half of the church because I'm knowing, okay, this isn't just women. I'm gonna talk to you. I speak to a lot of women. This is men too. And then I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking, you know what? Almost every guy I have ever met is for me. They're for me. They're for women. They love women. They were birthed by women. We need, we need women for sure to live. Yes. And so I have felt, I've been privileged to feel a lot of support by men. I'm gonna talk about my marriage in a minute. I have a great husband who believes in me and, and supports me. And he has actually pushed me out further than I would wanna go or be comfortable with. And so I've seen men before when I, and I'm thinking that when I look out at most of you, most of you want to make women happy. True? Yeah. I know because I can smell cologne from right here. <laughs> so the goal, when I'm making the decision and I'm praying about it and I'm thinking, oh, you want me to come kick what hornet's nest with you, JP? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This matters. Yeah. Because if there's this much division, there's a reason for it. Yeah. And if it's the church, then guess what the reason is? The enemy. Yeah. Like if there's division and confusion and women are holding back and men are confused and clumsy over what it looks like to support strong women and to help build strong women and believe in strong women, then there's a problem. So I said yeah. yes, and then the podcast. And then, you know what I see right now is just this beautiful opportunity for us to talk about yeah. um, what this looks like. And it's not easy and it's not always black and white and there's different personalities and there's different gifts and there's different ways this fleshes out. But, yeah. but I get excited because I, I think yeah. it's needed. I love God and his beauty and providence because just to, to make this clear in case it's not, this is not in response to the podcast. This was on the calendar long before uh, we ever even recorded that podcast. Just as we were moving through the series, asking for a friend, this is the number one question that, um, gotquestions.org gets. If you don't know about that resource, it's an incredible resource. I commend it to you. And so you mentioned your husband. I want to talk about Zach in a minute. I'm a big fan. Uh, he's been a, a, a really just incredible voice uh, of the Lord, you know, I, I think has come in my life at such a, a really key time. I want to talk about Zach in just a minute and more about your family. But before we do, so you're, you're traveling the world, you're seeing, you're exposed to lots of different churches, lots of different gathering, you're discipling women, you're seeing women be, being discipled and really unleashed in the body of Christ. Did you always think that you would do this? Is that, has that always been the plan? Not at all. In fact, um, I, I was probably one of the shyest kids ever, which is funny. Um, now, but I was just, I wanted to make people happy. I had an idol of approval and it was very important to me to please the people around me. It probably started with my dad and it really bled into every part of my life. And, and so, you know, if you have strong gifts or you, you have a strong personality in any way, or um, 
or a passion to, a deep passion to see, you know, God move around you, and all that comes out and bubbles over, um, it, you're going to get in trouble sometimes. And so early on, I think I learned, like, hey, don't be strong. Like, put that back in, and don't have too crazy of dreams, and don't have too much passion, and just put that in your back pocket. And I, so I did, and I did for a long, long time. And I remember, I grew up in a, in a church that was super conservative, and I didn't have a lot of role models of women that were using their gifts to, in a big way to, to, to impact the kingdom. And when I say big way, I just mean in a full way. I don't mean like, I don't think everyone should go start a movement or an organization or, or write books. I think that um, we should all be about using, well, one, living out the good works that God prepared in advance for each of us to do. So we know that the Bible promises that. And then two, um, we should be faithful to the gifts and the talents he gave us. In fact, if we aren't, that's, that's bad stewardship. And we know Jesus told a parable about that and it didn't go well for the people that didn't steward that well. So we've got to steward our gifts and we've got to use that to the fullest of our, our ability. But when I, when I was younger, I think it was intimidating to me to, I, I think down deep I knew I, I was holding back, but I didn't know what it looked like to, to love God, to have courage, to do hard things, to have um, passion for God and to still be, um, tender and kind. I just didn't know what it looked like to, to have all these big gifts and to not cause so much trouble um, was the bottom line. And so as I, as I moved forward in college, you know, I just began to exercise those gifts and people started being saved. I would teach the Bible to a group of eight or 10 girls and, and people would be like, I want to know Jesus. And so we'd pray to receive Jesus. And I just saw fruit and I kept going and I kept using my gifts. But I had this rule. Well, it was funny. So I actually did, I wasn't saved until I was about 17 years old at Canicut Camps. And yeah, yeah. And y'all know the crosses at the end that I had seen them every year because I'd gone most of my life. And the last, my last summer there was, I was 17 years old and I looked at the crosses and I, for the first time I saw my sin, and I went home immediately from that, and I, um, I wanted to teach my Bible. And so I started doing it to my friends, and they were so annoyed. And they were like, you need to chill. And, and so I got a bunch of freshman girls, because I was a junior, and they would think I was cool, and I put them in a room. And I, there wasn't Beth Moore, like, I mean, Beth Moore wasn't on the scene then, and I, there weren't role models of, of women with teaching gifts. And so I, I start teaching them, the, you ready for this? I was a brand new Christian. The book of Revelations, that's where I opened. Nice. You chose, you chose the easy one. Smart. That's where everybody starts. Haven't ever taught it since and since I've been to seminary. Oh, um, smart. So I start teaching my Bible because that's just, that was my gift. That's what God made me to do. I didn't, I didn't know that women could do that. I just didn't know they couldn't. So I just started teaching my Bible and making disciples with that gift. And, and so as it went, I would get affirmed and say, hey, that's your gift. You need to do more of that. And so I kept doing it. Well, then I realized oh gosh, I would very much like a man. And I don't know if a man is gonna respond to all of this, this. And so I just, I remember just being really insecure that I was just too much. I was too much for people. And, and so um, I, you know, I constantly was editing myself and, and that's godly. Let me, let me make a clarification. We are not talking about ungodly strength. We're talking about God-given, holy strength What's the difference? that he's given us. Sin. Yeah. And this book spells it out, right? And we were going to talk in a minute about Philippians 2. And it spells it out. It's like, are we doing this for the good of others? Y'all, for the most part, I was doing it for the good of others. I didn't know you could get famous doing that. I didn't know you could publish books doing that. I just loved God and I wanted to tell people about him. And so in that strength 
and, 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 but then, you know, God opened doors and things began to grow and all of a sudden, before we knew it, you know, so I, but I do meet a man and I meet a man and he actually, it's interesting, fell in love with all my strength and my passion. It was good, check. And then, and I, can I go into marriage just a little? See, I'm sure, being a strong woman. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Then is, it I, right, is it all right if we talk about marriage? Is that okay? Okay, good. Does anybody okay. want to get married in here? You know, Paul was funny about that. He actually said, it's better if you don't. I, I don't know. Um, I'm just saying, but I love, I love that God brought me this man and we had to grow up together a little bit. I was, I was in a place of fear and insecurity because I was in my 20s, y'all. 20s, fear and insecurity, they go together. It's just, it's part of it. So if you feel that, you're not alone. It is just part of these years. And so we had to grow up together as a couple now. And it was funny, when we got married, all of a sudden, all the things he loved about me became a threat. And now my strength was very threatening to him. And he's sitting right here and he tells the story way better than me. Um, But it it shut me down. And because you know what? I wanted to be a good wife and I didn't want to cause trouble and I wanted, um, I wanted him to, to love me. And so I sat on my gifts, I put it away, and I sat on my passions and I held back. And, and what's interesting is um, a woman I really respect after about five years of marriage, ch- ch- you know, really challenged me on it. And she said, Jenny, this is idolatry. Like there's a name for this, it's idolatry. Like you're choosing your husband over God of the universe. You're saying, I care more what my husband thinks of me than being faithful and obedient to this whole book. Because I wasn't seeking something ungodly. I was just seeking to use the gifts God given me, make him known, and and it became unhealthy. And so anyway, in our marriage, we ended up in counseling and in our, you know, about five or six years in, and, and it was the best thing that, we ever went through because all of a sudden we could hear each other. And what my husband heard from me was, my wife has strong gifts and strong passion for God and she wants to serve him and she's not because of me. And I think this conversation is so big because what if that were true of your wife, of your daughter? What if that storyline were true? Like if, if the women in your life would say, I'm not fully serving God because I think that you won't find me attractive. Yeah. Or I think that I'm too much and, and these strengths are going to cause you to be, get insecure. Can, can I say something right there? Yeah. So I, I think, because one of the things that my friend said to me in that was, um, hey, I feel like you communicated that you don't value um, a woman uh, being, you know, excelling in the, in the workplace or leading or even being a CEO. And, um, and I, gosh, I would never want to communicate that. And so I would, I would want to clarify that publicly right now. I'm a dad of, of two daughters whom I love very much. I can't imagine uh, just loving something as much as I love my two daughters. And um, if one of them grows up to, you know, gets married and has kids and stays at home 
and um, you know, is, is what we think of when we think of, of a homemaker or you know, words will fail me. But if that's what uh, she does, I will be incredibly encouraged by that. I think, man, that's fantastic. And likewise, and equally so, and I mean it when I say equally so, if one of them you know, advances through a corporation and leads the company, I would be so encouraged by that. And in, in Titus 2, uh, verse 10, chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we're to work with excellence so that the teachings of Christ our Savior is attractive. And, uh, and I don't think that's just a verse to men. It's women, whatever you do professionally, I hope you're amazing at it so that whenever uh, a promotion comes about that, that the, your boss or supervisor, who may also be a woman, is choosing someone that you're the clear and obvious choice. That, hey, this is who should be promoted. Like that, I hope all of you, everyone listening, is the hardest working employee for the glory of God, both men and women, that that would be true. So I just, you know, just to clarify that, insert that there. Okay, so I want to actually say right now, too, that, that sometimes, I would say most of the time, that we're thinking that we're limited or we're thinking we need to sit on our gifts or we're thinking we can't do the thing that God wants us to do. It's not because someone told us we couldn't. It's because we've believed in our mind we shouldn't. And so, so much of this tension and why I believe it's of the enemy is, is there's so much unsaid. We never talk about these things. Like, I love that you just stopped me, JP, like, hey, I just want to clarify in case some of you out here have these aspirations. These aren't ungodly. Because I think sometimes we just get confused. We get confused about what it means to be a man or what it means to be a woman in the church. And so when we don't talk about it, it gets confusing. And I would say that represents a lot of what was going on with me as yeah. I was setting my own boundaries. I just thought I'm too, I was too much for my friends my junior year and I'm too much for my husband and I'm just gonna sit on all this and I don't know what else to do. But I, but I wanna say too, I, just, I wouldn't be here if I didn't see it happening for so many women. And I don't think it's all guys' faults. I think a lot of it's our faults, girls. Like I think we do this in our own minds sometimes, that we limit ourselves. And, and I know the, net, the obvious question that everybody wants to know the answer of is what about roles and positions in the church, right? Like that's the loaded part. Um, but I think we oftentimes get so distracted by that, that, and we find ourselves sitting on our gifts and our passions and our abilities that we, we are missing all the work that God has for us. And, and you know, my view on that is every local church is gonna have a different opinion about that. Every local church in Dallas, Texas just about has a different opinion about that. So wherever you go, scripture just says, don't be divisive. You know, like if you commit and submit to that church, then, then be all there and be humble about that and understand that, that those elders have prayed about that and they're not anti-women. They just, you know, this is where they landed. But, but that's not the biggest issue when I'm, when I'm thinking about men and women and using our gifts. The bigger issue to me is um, the way we view each other, the way we value each other. Yeah. And, and I think what, what Zach heard um, with a third party present was, gosh, my wife feels like she can't be all that God made her to be with me. And so what began to happen is we, um, I mean, our marriage just went to a different level and we began to just pray together and say, God, we wanna just serve you with everything we have. Mm -hmm. Anything that you want from us, we, we wanna do it. Mm -hmm. And so what that took the form of for a long time was a church plant in Austin, Texas that went on to become the West Campus of Austin Stone. And we led that church and my husband led that church beautifully and, 
And, and then, you Just, know. Can I say this about Zach real quick? So, because you're a strong woman. But Zach is no shrinking violet. I mean, Zach is a strong man. He is a strong voice in my life. And so I, I want, I, I know you're talking and taking us on a journey, but I want to hear yeah. about now what it looks like to co-labor through, yeah. you know, this platform that God has entrusted to you guys. And, and I, I do, you know, Zach yeah. was pastoring a church and, um, and has an incredible ministry himself. So. Yeah, and, and that went on for about 10 years. And about 10 years into it, was when everything shifted and that co-laboring um, shifted in a way that we never would have foreseen. And, and my husband actually handed off leadership of the church to Boston Stone and, and he, um, we became members there. He's in private equity now, which is an odd thing for a pastor to move into, but that's what he did. And, and he's a starter, basically. He started a church because he's a great starter and then he starts companies because he's a great starter. He's a great entrepreneur. And so he moved into that. Well, at the same time, um, the same time God was opening doors for me to use my gifts. I'd been teaching my Bible more and, and doors were opening and things were happening and all of a sudden I was given more and more and more opportunity. And I remember coming home after I had um, received the opportunity to publish several things with a publishing house. And he had sent me on this publishing retreat and I came home and, and it, was, it was more than just one little book. It was like a career that they were kind of offering me. And I came home and I did not know if I wanted to do this. I, I had been a stay-at-home mom for years and I didn't know if I wanted to enter all this and I brought it to him and he was quiet because he thought, okay, I don't know what that's gonna be like if my wife goes out and has a platform and leads all these people, what's that, what's that gonna be like? And, and then I'm here, you know, what, what, what is, what's gonna happen? And for three days, um, he prayed about it and wrestled and then he came to me and I'll never forget this. He said, Jenny, one day I'm gonna stand before God and I'm gonna be accountable for your gifts and I'm gonna be accountable for how our family built the kingdom of God. And if this is the best way for us to build the kingdom of God right now, I'm all in. And the years that have followed, he has meant that. I would say there's barely been a day that he has not said, and I want you to know, the dude is way stronger than me. He tells me no all the time, um, <laughs> all the time. Um, and it, it is, you know, we're, we're figuring that out, what that looks like to, but, but you know what? It isn't hard because <laughs> here's the thing. We love this book. We love our God. We're a team on a mission. And, and how this book says marriage looks is laid out and, and we live it in that way. But it also tells us how to be believers. Like the whole book just talks about what it looks like to co-labor together and to build the kingdom of God together. And it's constant humility. It's constant laying down our lives for each other and for the good of other people in the world. And, and so we're, we, you know, we're figuring that out together. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So let me ask you, as you think about marriage, I'm going to ask you a loaded question. Okay. okay. So that's just a, a heads up on this. I'm going to mention the S word. Okay. What S word? So what, what does submission look like or okay. what does submission mean? Yeah. That word to me. That's yeah. Oh, okay. So here's the thing about that word. Tell us the thing I'll about that word. I'm going to say something that you're probably not expecting. It is my, it's one of my favorite words. It is the greatest protection in my life. As a strong woman who is doing her best to please God, who is trying to raise four kids and not screw them up, I like you. I love them. I don't care if you follow Christ nearly as much as I care that my kids follow Christ. 
So I don't want to sacrifice my kids on an altar of ministry. I don't, I don't want to be responsible for all the decisions of, do I take this speaking event? Or do I, you know, what do I do with all these different things? I love submission. Submission protects me all the time. So there's, you know, I bring things to Zach and I say, hey, what do you think? And then he decides. And then he's accountable before God. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Jenny, you shouldn't have done this. His fault. And, and I believe he's gonna that. He's going to say, but the woman you gave me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. I read that somewhere. But I tell you what, like, I, I also know, I, I, I've talked to women all over the world that that word has been used like a pistol to their heads. Mm. It has been used where they feel threatened all the time, Mm. where they don't feel safe in their relationships. They don't feel safe with men. They don't feel safe with their dads. They don't feel safe with their boyfriends. They don't feel safe with their husbands. I hear this story all the time. Mm. So the fact that that word has a bad rap makes sense to me. Yeah, It makes sense to me because here's the problem, guys. We're divided, but there's reasons on it for both sides, right? where men have used submission as control. Can I say say something here? I want to ask you guys a question. So, not rhetorical, let me ask you a question. Uh, According to the Bible, should women submit to men, according to the word? Some guys nodding their head. Um, Okay, so I I want to make it abundantly clear what it says, And, and the answer to the question is no. It's a resounding no with, with this follow-up. Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verse 22 says, wives submit to your husbands, not women submit to men. That's different, okay? And so this is not like you're not, you're not you know, coming as a, a single woman thinking, okay, now the Bible says I have to submit to all men. That's not what the scripture says. In fact, it goes on to say uh, as they mutually submit to each other. So there's even further context given there. And so a question that we're asked all the time that I get all the time, you know, what does it mean from guys? What does it mean to lead in a relationship? And I'll give you a really simple answer. Then I want you both to hear it. I want, I want both sexes to hear the answer to this question. It it means lead in purity. It means, you know, protect what God has said is important, that you would flee sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are, are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You've been purchased by a price, the blood of Jesus. Therefore, Honor God with your body. And so as you're in a dating relationship, men, you're looking out in all ways that you can to her best interest. And I know we talk about and and joke about in the church, you know, what it means to guard your heart. But it, it means that you guys are progressing, that you're both aware of where you're going, that there's not manipulation. Romans 12 says love must be sincere, that you're not playing games, hard to get, trying to, you know, you know, um, manipulate each other. That's not love. That's a counterfeit love. And so just as you consider, should women submit to men? The answer is no. The scripture says wives submit to their husbands and goes on to say it. there's a mutual submission there in the covenant of marriage. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's so, so clear and important because I do think that all these myths, right? We have built 
on the words of God. We have added to the words of God and we've gotten so confused and we wonder why we're confused. And we put godliness um, attached to things that, that Jesus would be appalled at, you know? I mean, abuse, attaching submission to abuse. I mean, these, these are not things that, that the, 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 writer of, the writers of the Bible and that God meant. This, this is where we have taken things and, and caused hurt. And I think that's why this does feel loaded sometimes, is there has been so much hurt. And, and so I was reading in Philippians 2 this morning, and I just thought this was so perfect for today. It says, because this is just true for all of us, it says, complete my joy, this is Paul, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. But this is the mind we're to have, whether we're, and I think sometimes with, with, when we're talking about men and women, we look at these very few verses that address men and women rather than the whole Bible that addresses Christians. And above our identity of our gender is our identity in Christ. And so whenever, however you treat women, whether it's, you know, I mean, I think about the issue of pornography. If we truly believe these are our sisters, these are four um, image bearers beside us, like, like it changes the way you view that. Yeah. The value of women, how you esteem women, how you see them as your sisters, co-laborers, co-workers, building the kingdom of God together. It changes the way you live. It changes the way you do everything. And, and that's, that gets me excited because I think what if we haven't even come close to realizing that at the, as, as the church yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think for women, a lot of women end up feeling more valued at the workplace than they do at the church. Yeah. And, and as these conversations happen, I'm seeing this little light in women's eyes where they're like, hey, so you think I have something to contribute? Yeah. You think I can play? You think I can help here? And, yeah. and it's happening. I, I mean, it's uh, happening. Yeah, I would just say here, and I, I know that the, a, a significant of you don't uh, go to church here, and, and a lot of you do here at Watermark. And so just was recently tasked with the elder, uh, by the elders. They said, hey, as you think about you know, these opportunities, I want to make sure that the women here in this body have every opportunity to use their gifts in this body. And so that's something that our elders are constantly thinking about and, and praying about. But I want to say, I want to say this to, to what you said, because this is... Um, spurred on a lot of conversations in the podcast. And one thing that um, I miscommunicated and um, was not clear on was a statement. In the context, I was talking about the fallen world. And, uh, and I said, you know, I think that there are a lot of guys that are intimidated by a, a strong woman. And, I, you know, something that you've said and other friends have said to me is I think that's a, a huge fear of women is, hey, if I exercise strength or demonstrate strength, then I'm not going to be seen as attractive uh, by men. And I, if that's true, it's the result of sin in the world that I hope men would look for a strong woman like you talked about Zach, that they wouldn't be intimidated by that. But I think just to talk to the men for a minute, the, the reality is a problem that every man, every man I know, uh, attraction 
what they view as attractive, is tainted by sin. Okay, now I don't want to be accused as overstating something. So let me, let me clarify when I, when I, what I mean when I say every man I know. Um, what I mean is every single male I've ever met in my entire life, okay? <laughs> what they are attracted to is tainted by sin, especially if you have viewed pornography, which is the vast majority of you. And so you have to understand that, that there needs to be this earnest prayer going on in your life that you would be asking God, help me to be attracted to what you're attracted to, that God who looks at the heart and would love, would love a, a woman to represent him well in the workplace, to, uh, to be strong in the workplace or in life in general, that you would be attracted to what God is attracted to, not intimidated in any way by that. And so that's what I meant, um, but I'm not sure that that was clear. So. <laughs> Well, and it's why it's so, it's great to have these conversations. And our hope is that you're gonna go out and have these conversations together. And, and I would just recommend men, listen, listen. Because I think sometimes, in fact, I've talked to so many women, even preparing for this night, who said, I always have opinions, but I don't, I don't wanna seem too strong. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna be combative. I don't wanna come off as prideful or arrogant. And I'm thinking, do you guys really just want duds? Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, like, you want people that think and that have opinions and that, that have feelings and, and, and that will push you and that will make you better. And, and I'll tell you what, let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you where our marriage is now. We are so madly in love. I feel like you need to come up here and affirm this truth. I mean, I'm not kidding. I feel like our marriage like every, I, I'm gonna brag. I think every single one of you should aspire to the marriage I have because it is that good. <laughs> my daughter, my 16 year old is like, mom, I need to go to counseling and because you all love each other too much. Like that's what she wants to tell her counselor. I'm like, good luck. I'm sure they're gonna feel very sorry for you. Um, <laughs> but we are like, we are madly in love. And you know why? Not because everything is easy. In fact, can you imagine these two really strong people married to each other? It's really messy, a lot, but it's because we are absolutely single-mindedly focused on building the kingdom of God together, and it is the most fun way to live, and, and we're not competing, and I look at all these movies right now. I, I mentioned this on Instagram recently. I'm watching movies, and I'm thinking, why is every movie based on people that are cranky because someone in their family succeeded? You know, Incredibles 2, like there's all these movies right now that are coming out. And like people are at home like crying because some they're like it could be a man or a woman or a child, and, and what I what I ha I had to post something because I was like guys, not, family doesn't have to be that way. It could be that if somebody in your family wins, you feel like you all won because you were a part of it. Literally, I mean tonight my daughter got my 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 um, youngest daughter got locked in the bathroom, and I think she might still be there because both of us are here. <laughs> She's still in the bathroom. Are you serious? What? He said, we'll address it later. <laughs> we'll, hey, we'll wrap this up. We'll wrap this but, up. But here's the beauty is he fed them dinner tonight. And one of them is locked in a bathroom. But besides that, and, and, and I think that we're a team on a mission. And I know right now my daughter is regretting that she signed up for this mission. But, but in life, 
Like this is how we work. If somebody wins, if, some, if, if my son wins the state championship, that was a picture from the state championship in Texas this year. If my son wins the state championship. No big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> then our whole family thinks they won the state championship. Yeah. And that's how this should be, is that we're building the kingdom of God together, co-laboring men and women across the church, doing the best we can to pour out our gifts, to see each other succeed, to yeah. see the other one. And if there's anything holding them back, it should bother us. Yeah. And so anyway. Yeah, so what you said, you know, you, you, you mentioned this, you just said, JP, guys don't want a passive, insecure girl. They want a strong girl. And I just said, here's, what I would, here's how I would respond to that honestly is, by my observation, this is my opinion now, based on my observation, uh, some guys do because of their own brokenness and sin and their own spiritual journey and they haven't gotten to this place where the Lord has you know, sanctified them to be attracted to what he's attracted to. And, and I think it is a result. I'm, I'm so passionate about um, just this idea of, of what pornography is doing to dating. I would just tell you, if you're listening, and you're looking at porn, and I know, I know more than half of you are, you gotta stop. It's, it's, it's ruining your marriage long before you even found your prospect. I'm talking to guys and girls alike, men and women alike. If you're looking at pornography, the enemy is using it to ruin you. And, and you have to stop. And I'm not trying to put guilt and shame on your shoulders. And I'm not just saying stop, go figure it out. I'm saying, hey, we, are, as the church, we are here. We want to help you uh, come forward. And in a minute, there'll be folks up here that you can talk to. Please come and talk to them. But guys, I want you to go home and beg God, beg him to give you eyes to be attracted to, to see what he sees as beautiful. That you would do that. Just beg him. Say, Lord, would you please answer this prayer that I would see uh, as attractive what you are, see as attractive, what you see as beautiful, uh, God. Because I'll, I will tell you, the other greatest frustration in leading a young adult's ministry over the past 12 years, uh, especially in talking about believers, is just an, um, uh, so many amazing women who guys aren't asking out. And, um, and, and you're not taking initiative and so please I just please reject passivity men and and initiate so that's good yeah I I think about what's possible this is how I'm wired one of the ways I'm wired is I always picture um things in a big swath so I picture even this room and I think about Dallas and I think about all of you and the reason I risked kicking this little hornet's nest a little is because I feel like if this whole room was unleashed to to use their gifts to be for each other instead of in any way using each other or competing with each other or putting each other down or posturing against each other, but you literally saw each other until there was, you know, something more that in general you just assume we're co-laboring. At a minimum, we are co-laboring. And maybe we should make babies together one day and I should put a ring on it. But in the meantime, we are co-laboring and I just think the damage that a room like this could do for the kingdom of God. And not in that order, by the way. I just want to say, <laughs> put a ring on it and make babies together. I second. Yeah. So that, that's, that is our hope. I mean, JP and I talked a lot about this before we got up here. And, and both of us just, we want you guys to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. We want you to be for each other. And, and to, we want to see the kingdom of God built through your gifts and and wherever that's being held back, we, yeah. we, don't, we want to pray against it and fight it. 
any other hopes for the, the church as you think of men and women in our generation? Any yeah. closing, closing thoughts around that? You know, I have these four kids that, I mean, I can't pick if I like boys or girls better because God gave me two of both. And I, I love them so much. And I'm watching my 16-year-old grow up and, and she would say, Mom, um, you're, I, I worry sometimes that, that she felt like, gosh, things took away from my childhood, like ministry or, or you were gone some or whatever. And she said, Mom, don't you know the reason I wanna help people in life is because I watched you help people in life. And so we've gotta realize that, that these little people that we're gonna raise one day, and some of you can't imagine that, but the day will come faster than you know, um, that a generation is coming and they're watching us about what it looks like to be godly, about what it looks like to obey this book, about what it looks like to be co-laborers, about what it looks like to be married or what it looks like to be single. And, and this book says, you know what? It looks like running our guts out deferring to each other's needs. It looks like caring about this kingdom that's coming and not ourselves and not looking to our own interests, but to look to the others and to remember that there's, this is all going somewhere. This is all going somewhere and it matters. And so what I see in this room is not a bunch of singles or a bunch of young adults. Um, I see co-laborers that I want to build the kingdom of God because it matters and, and your lives matter. And I think we are better together. I know we are better together. And so, you know, I, I thought about how to end the night too, and I was thinking about all the, the guys, and I, th I just wanna say one more thing to you, that in so many ways, you're doing a great job. In so many ways, you have fought for your sisters, you have fought for the girls you care about in your life, and, and I think largely, and we were talking about this backstage, I think largely, you really do want the women in your lives to thrive and to win. Is that true? Say something, because all the women would love to hear it. Yeah. I think that's real, women. And I think, I think sometimes we just get to smile and assume the best and run hard. And when it is time, if it is time for you to meet that man, you know what? He's going to be running. I mean, remember the old story? He's going to be running right beside you. You're going to see that, and you're going to find out you can be teammates together. And it, and it is, it's, it's complicated, but it's also super simple. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. And I'm not necessarily talking about marriage. I just mean you will get to live the works, the good works that God prepared in advance for you to live. It's a verse I respond, I, I go back to. And in fact, I've gone to my community group and I know you and Zach are in community as well. And um, I've just told the guys in, in my group, I said, hey, I struggle with discontentment at times. And I just need you, guys, I'm gonna bring to you just my discontentment, my junk, and I just need you to just show me this verse. Rub my nose in this verse, Matthew 6.33, I need to see it. I thought I would end just with this verse. It's, it's in the, the first uh, book. It's actually the first chapter of the first book, probably the first page of your Bible. It's Genesis chapter one. In verse 26, God says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, or the birds in the sky rather, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And this is uh, 27 I want you to pay attention to. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them Male and female, he created them. And, uh, and so I want you to know 
women, that you have infinite value because you have been created in the image of God himself. And, um, and men, I want you to know the same, that you have infinite value. Life, humans, mankind has infinite value because we have been created in the image of God. And there has to be a respect that happens for each other. We didn't even have time. We're out of time. We're, we're past time. And we didn't even talk about just the abuse that is happening uh, in the context of relationships. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that God is the avenger of such things. Um, and I'm not trying to scare you, except for I believe the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And so as you consider how you date and treat each other, uh, how you treat the opposite sex, just understand that the scripture says God is the avenger of such things. And we're talking about this because we love you guys so much. And it's just a joy to journey with you. And this is a place, you know, one of the things that happened that just really grieved me, probably the the thing that caused me the most grief over the podcast, is a friend said, well, um, you know, I think people come to me because they don't feel like they can approach you or there's not, you know, a place. Man, can I just say, David and I and, and Garrett and whoever has taught, but David and I sit up here. And if you come on Sundays, Todd does the same thing. And we stay here till the last person. I mean, we, we stay here until this place is shut down trying to talk to people. Um, I get dozens of emails a week. Uh, and I, I, I never want there to be a wall between us and you, that if you ever have a question or uh, you're wrestling with a verse, um, you know, start with your community group, I hope, but especially if it's something that we said that you would come to us and we would have that conversation and invite you into that. I want you to know you are invited into that. I love you guys. Jenny, would you, would you pray for us? So I thought it'd be cool if the guys prayed over the women tonight. And just lift your hands up if you're a guy. And women, receive this because they're for us. Largely, they are for us. So God, we pray. Um, We pray that in your kindness and in your love, God, that you would heal the brokenness that perhaps in many ways each one of us has caused. And God, we pray for any division that has separated us, God, we pray that there would be nothing that would stop your gospel from going out through your church, that we would in all ways count each other's interests higher than our own, and that, God, we would take whatever privilege we've been given and give it away. I just thank you for all the men with their hands lifted high, God, and, and you know their hearts, you know each one of them. I thank you for the ways that that they have, they will, and they can advocate for these women. And God, I pray, I pray that this would become, the church would become the safest place in the world for women. That women would be able to run freely with the gifts they've been given and together we would cause a lot of good for your kingdom, God. That's ultimately what we want. We want, God, your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.